Start now. Matt, go, go. Welcome to Enter the Critic. Hey, my name is Chris Klump. With me, as always, is Matt Schaefer. All right. This week, we're going to be discussing the... Yeah, always. This week, we're going to be stus- discussing... As of two times, it's <laughs> I've always been here. This week, we'll be discussing Compliance, uh, a small indie film that has come out for uh, Netflix. Uh, we'll also be discussing Side Effects and uh, a small film that no one was really looking forward to called A Good Day to Die Hard. Okay. Die Hard? Die Hard. Apparently this oh, is a movie franchise I or something. I thought it was Die Solid. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, before we get to all that, let's dive into some news here. The headline, Bruce Lee is getting a fictionalized biopic treatment with oh. Birth of the Dragon. Oh, that's, that's not a good idea. It, really? Because as a Bruce Lee fan... I am excited. Uh, who are they? Do they have uh, casting at all? No, 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 no. I think they're in the very, very beginning stages of just let's do this. And honestly, I yeah, don't don't care. I I want it to happen just because I love Bruce Lee. Movies who would you so get much. to play Bruce Lee? Oh, oh boy. Um, off the top of my head, I don't know if he's he's age appropriate, but uh, Donnie Yen. Okay. Just because he would be able to do all the stunts that would be required of him. Because I'm assuming this biopic is going to talk about his extensive uh, stunt career that Bruce Lee right. had. But I, I like the idea. I think, and and like, like like I said last week, I normally hate biopics. So yeah, this is odd that you're really soups excited about. Yeah, this. I th- I think it's just because it's Bruce Lee. Yeah, and fair it's, I love Bruce Lee films so much. Oh yeah, Donnie Yen, Eat Man. No, oh, yeah, Eat Man. And, cool. And he also yeah, uh, I mean that works. Yeah. So, uh, moving on, getting into some uh, Star Wars Episode Seven news. Apparently, John Williams is hoping he's uh, going to get chosen to do the score. Well, that's not hoping. That shouldn't even be an issue. Yeah. Why is he hoping? Yeah. He's he's he he, he would, he would be really like that he's still alive to do the <laughs> score. That's where the hopes should lie. I, I just want to know if the Disney and uh, executives are like, oh, I don't know, John Williams. Mm, we should s- really get Hans Zimmer. S- send some of his work S- across Star the Wars way. score we'll, we'll could really to- use some of those. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know. His music's just a little too good. I don't yeah. know. So I, Again, I, I think that's a very... <laughs> Very funny, the idea that he's he's hoping to get into it. Maybe, I just, maybe. I, just I mean, he's only done all the other Star Wars I just Wars hope movies. that he can still, you know, conduct. <laughs> he's so old. I mean, I don't know. Maybe he could just compose it. Yeah. I don't know. So He did do uh, War Horse, which was, I think, That's true. one of his latest I guess uh, he's, works. I guess he's basically, he said he's retired except Spielberg. Like, if Spielberg commissions him to write something, he'll still do it. Yeah, but yeah. he's he's not really doing anything else these days. But yeah. can't pass up Star Wars, of course not. And Star well, Wars can't pass up him. Yeah, I was about to say I, I I'm I'm really confused as to why he's just hoping and why it's not already a done deal. Yeah, that's that's weird that there's so, even discussion about it. Yeah, it's well, funny. in other Star Wars news, oh, there's a lot of talk going around this past week about Harrison Ford. It was initially said he was signed on. Now they're saying that it's just sort of in talks. 
Mark Hamill came forward, said that he's in talks, as well as Carrie Fisher. So well, sounds like sounds like if if they want, as far as Disney goes and the writers, go, uh, who's writing it again? Guy who wrote Toy Story three. I can't remember his name. Oh, but it, if yeah, if that, so those characters that. are you know in the film, it sounds like it'll be a done deal. I I I honestly think they're going to have them in for the first fifteen minutes, and they're just going to, or, or at least with Harrison Ford. Yeah, what they're going to do is they're going to have him in there for fifteen minutes. He's going to be old man Solo, and he's going to get the death scene that he wanted in Empire Strikes Back. There you go. The story goes that when he signed on to do Empire, he really wanted Han Solo's character to to die off, or rather Han Solo to die off, and he wanted the Millennium Falcon destroyed. And he thought, like, that would be great. Go out in a blaze of glory. That would be a perfect way. And they were all set to do it, and Lucas stepped in and said, nope, not a chance. <laughs> So are, now we have all those things back. You are easily back. the most relatable character in this entire <laughs> franchise. But now you have all of those things back in, in, in this movie, except one, and that's Lucas. So I yeah. could totally see them killing off Solo. You think uh, Famous Last Words reprising, uh, I love you. I know. I know. <laughs> yes, that's how, no, it almost, ha- if it doesn't happen like that, I'm instantly disappointed. And this movie's a waste. <laughs> <laughs> we got it it's done all right and last but not least I'm, I'm i'm going to try to have at least one piece of star trek news <laughs> in every episode <laughs> just because why the hell not in a recent interview jj abrams was discussing the new star trek and confirmed that the blonde woman that you see in the trailer is in fact carol marcus a character from star trek 2 who is a uh, ex-lover of captain kirk um so that was something i was concerned about whether that was carol marcus or not and also this movie's going to have klingons in it and so i instantly got excited all right loves me some klingons i don't know if that really constitutes as news but it's it's important tidbit it's a tidbit (laughs) you're gonna have to stretch if you want a a new piece of star trek news every episode so do we want to briefly talk about the oscars if you have Assuming. some news to add about the Oscars, I don't. I don't know jack shit about. I mean, the there's, Oscars. no, there's, there's no, there's no news. There's just like general thought. Here, let me just, let me just rattle off the best picture nominees. Okay, yeah, I know there's nine of them this year. That's, yeah, I know a few of them, like you Argo. Can, and, uh, you can say which one stands out to you, or if you don't care about any of them. Okay. There's uh, Amor. I heard it was incredibly depressing. There's Life of Pi. I heard that was good, but only in 3D. It was, it was good. Uh, Argo. Argo is the only one of those uh, I saw, and I really enjoyed Argo. All right. Lincoln. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis acting the crap out on the screen. That's that's cool. <laughs> Beasts of the Southern Wild. I heard that was actually really good. Best Producer Parker. movie ever. Seriously. Really? I have it on Blu-ray. Awesome. Really? I saw it in theaters. It's oh, so good. I have to watch it. What, yeah, what, I heard, give I've us heard a good very, things. very brief. It's, very brief uh, it's definitely a labor of love. The... Um, I know this only because Pamela's um, co-teacher, um, she is best friends with the guy that was head of the effects department for this movie. Mm-hmm. Name dropping. Yeah. <laughs> Six degrees of separation there. Basically, the way they made this movie was they knew what they wanted to do, 
and they just took as long as they needed to do to make it, which meant like I think like five or six years. They the actual filming got done in like a month. Wow. But then they they just spent all the time they needed to in post production to make the movie they wanted on the budget that they had, hmm. and it looks incredible. And the the actors they got were incredible. They basically went down to the Ninth Ward in Louisiana, in New Orleans, Louisiana area, and they had open auditions for anyone off the street. Wow! And they had him in this like bakery that this guy would get up at like three in the morning and he would like bake, and so then he would let them use this space. And they got to know this guy because he was always up in the middle of the night, like getting ready for the day. And then he ended up being like this main character in the movie because they were just like, we want you in it. He didn't even audition, but they they just just... loved his. And it's just an amazing movie that it's it's very odd and weird. It's told from the perspective of a little girl. They were able to somehow capture what the world would look like through her eyes. It's amazing. But anyway. Yeah, I, I I heard good things. I've heard good things. Then we have Silver Linings Playbook. I heard that was an okay movie not great i I like i liked it a lot i mean it's it's essentially a very well acted dramatic chick flick if you will yeah i I heard the marketing was really rough they didn't know i saw one commercial that made it look like a like a rom-com i saw another that made it look like it's a very serious it's tough because it's both it is it's definitely a romantic comedy but it's also pretty dark and pretty weighty at times so Hmm. uh django unchained if that doesn't win all the awards, <laughs> I will be. I upset. don't know. Somehow no, all the awards, all of them. I don't think so. all of the zero awards. dark thirty. Uh, I heard it was good. Heard it was good. Very I have good. Not seen it, but I heard Catherine it was good. Bigelow has the uh, whole, you know, modern warfare thing. Oh down. yeah. Yeah. There's, Speaking there's no of which, I wonder there. if they're gonna try to you know bill her for Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be awful. Oh, uh, like Miserab. I heard. I heard that was rough. I heard it was real rough. No. I thought it was really good, oh, and okay. I actually love the musicals. So, yeah, out of those, if I had to pick one that I think would win, I probably would go with Argo. If I had one that I would pick as my favorite, probably go. I'd probably go with Django. Django yeah. or Zero Dark Thirty. I, I I feel the same way. Where I want Django to win, but I'm almost certain that it won't. It's just um, not an Oscar best film. It's just not. No, it's too entertaining. And <laughs> yeah, too good. It's too, it's too it's memorable. It's it's too well done. It's, yeah. Argo will probably win, and I'm okay with that. I enjoyed Argo. Yeah. I thought it was good. It was good. I've gone back and forth on whether I'm going to get it on Blu-ray, whether I can watch it. I still think uh, Gone Baby Gone is a better film, and that was years ago. Ben Affleck mm-hmm. and his little right. bro. That was his directorial debut, was it not? I think so. I think so. Yes. Parker, would you pick uh, Beasts of the Southern Wild? Wow. He's nodding okay. his head yes all right. above all those. So that must be a very good well, film. I guess we should we watch We all know that. it's going to be Lincoln. We all know it's going to be Lincoln. It's going to win. <laughs> no, Daniel Day-Lewis will get Best Actor for oh, that, but yeah. I don't think it'll win yeah. Best Picture. I, I just heard it was very, very, very dry. And I don't know. I feel like... Someone pointed uh, out that his Lincoln impersonation sounds like the Lorax from the 80s, so I can't unhear that now. So every time he talks, I picture him saying, like, I speak for the trees. <laughs> we must free the slaves. <laughs> so That's all I have to say about the Oscars. I'm not going to go into the other stuff. 
There's way too yeah. many categories. Uh, o- Oscar news. I'm. Uh, I, I don't. I usually don't care too much beyond best picture, and then I go, nope, wrong. It should have been this other film that no one else has seen. <laughs> Actually, one movie that I'm pretty pissed that got no nominations whatsoever. It should have at least gotten a mention for best screenplay. Seven Psychopaths. I was confused as to why that didn't get any you know mention either. I think it was because it was just. It did extremely poor in the box office and probably had no momentum behind it because mm. everything that gets an Oscar nod usually has some sort of like extra push in, you know, marketing. And I feel like there was none of that because the, I don't know, whoever was behind that was just like, eh, it's not worth it. Okay. It was super, super good though. Like the script was amazing. So that sucks. But whatever. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's move into some trailers here and start talking oh, about yes. some of those. Any particular one you wanted to start with? Well, let's start with Tyler Perry's Temptation. Yeah. Um, when we <laughs> saw this uh, w- uh, in in the theater, we saw side effects. We uh, together, so we saw the, this trailer together. Uh, I, I do enjoy the fact that you leaned over to me and said, "Go ahead and guess who directed this," and I instantly said, "Oh, it's Tyler Perry." <laughs> Um, written and directed once again it i mean i don't know i i have not seen too much of tyler perry's work you've seen enough to know that you don't need to yeah i've seen bits and pieces and enough to know that i have no real interest in his films and this this trailer looked about the same for me i was like oh i won't be seeing this in theaters or at home i don't know i feel like it's on the one hand, when I when I criticize him, it's like, well, he's just making movies that are essentially just mostly entertaining to like black culture, which it's like, whatever, you know, I'm not from that culture. Maybe I shouldn't criticize. But then I think like, what would the white equivalent of a Tyler Perry even be? Is that a Kevin Smith film? I guess. <laughs> I guess that would be like Kevin Smith movies or something, which, uh, yeah, okay. I, I don't know. Like, I guess I could see why people would be pissed about that, so I don't know. Yeah. But no, it looked pretty just, eh, okay. It, 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 looked, it looked like a movie. Yeah. Uh, we also saw The Place Beyond the Pines. Good cast in that one. Ryan Gosling, Bradley Cooper, Ava Mendez, which I don't even, she looked so different in that trailer, I feel mm-hmm. like, because right. I didn't even recognize her. It's kind of got that whole father-son... The sins of the father follow the son. It seems mm-hmm. like theme going on. I usually like that. It it looks like a pretty good film. I uh, I, I remember watching the trailer and thinking, oh wow, is this is going to be like kind of like Drive, and then it got more and more depressing. Yeah, it looks, nope, it's going to be a re- like it looks uh, pretty dark. It looks, it looks really dark. dark. <laughs> looks so. like there might be some good. I guess it's it's sort of like a crime film. I mean. It looks like there's like some motorcycle. Yeah, there's some motorcycle chase and stuff like that. But I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't just five minutes of the film and the rest is just you know what, father son. Yeah, tragedy. While we're talking about trailers, I had this idea, but I didn't bring it up for the uh, first trailer. I think for each one, we should just do the IMDb two two to three sentence blurb. Okay, do I'm yeah, I'm down with that. A motorcycle stunt rider turns. This is a uh, place beyond the pines. A motorcycle stunt rider turns to robbing banks as a way to provide for his lover and their newborn child. A decision that puts him on a collision course with an ambitious rookie cop navigating a department ruled by a de- corrupt detective. Yeah, it just sounds really depressing all around. Yeah, it sounds very entertaining, but really depressing. 
We also saw a trailer for Spring Breakers. Oh, yeah. And I, you, you had said before we started that you had a lot to say about this movie, so break well, out the soapbox. I'll, I'll Go do for the, it. Let's... I'll do the blurb first. Four college girls who land in jail after robbing a restaurant in order to fund their spring break vacation find themselves bailed out by a drug and arms dealer who wants them to do some dirty work. And it's going to be real dirty if you've seen these girls. <laughs> uh, James Franco plays the... Which <laughs> wait 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 that was James Franco yeah that was James Franco holy he crap plays the drug arms dealer I uh, do you want to know his character name in this oh no I I have to now Alien wait say that again Alien A- as in as in James Cameron Alien well not James Cameron he's be aliens but um Alien Ali- yeah Alien. that's his name uh the other perfect it's the fantastic. other stars featuring such burgeoning disney talent as oh god <laughs> yeah it's like they took like every girl that like three years ago someone would have been on the mickey mouse club or something yeah would have been on the mickey mouse club and someone looking up you know illicit photos for them online would be you know talking to uh chris hansen or whatever <laughs> um there's selena gomez ashley benson vanessa hudgens it's the only one that i really have heard of heather morris Rachel Kareen, and who cares? Oh, Gucci Mane's in it, too. <laughs> okay. No, what I had to say about this is it just seems utterly perplexing because there are parts of the trailer that make it look like it's trying to be so intense and dark. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, there are parts of the trailer almost look like an Oliver Stone yeah. film. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, like Natural Born Killers or something like that. And then there are other parts where it's just like, yeah, we're just having fun, being sexy. Oh, exactly. I started, I started watching the, the trailer and I instantly thought, is this some, like, I expected to see the MTV logo <laughs> come yeah. over the screen like they produced it or something. Um, but it's too dark for that. And then, uh, and then, and then it know. starts out with them, you know, they're, they're pulling on the masks, they're going to go rob a place, and, and then they meet. They and then meet it cuts James. with, like, them just like partying yeah, at a poolside. Yeah. yeah, they're they're down they're down in at spring break like again partying like it's total request uh, request live. Yeah, and then back to them being with a drug dealer. And I'm thinking this is really weird. <laughs> this movie is confusing. And then undercutting the entire trailer is just that constant mantra. I think it's James Franco saying it. Spring break. Yeah, that is very strange. Spring break. It's just like again and again. Just and over just like, and over again. I don't yeah, know if I should feel whispering. tense or just weird or there's so much about this this trailer that I was just I was just perplexed and just very very weirded out. It's I'll give it one thing. Judging solely by the trailer, it's a lot more complex than like i don't know like a poster of it would allude to oh yeah if you would see a poster for this movie i can just picture it would be like all the girls dressed up all hot in bikinis and whatever and you're just like okay it's no whatever. see I, I i would picture that but they have like their masks on they're all holding the machine <laughs> guns good. and then it's just like they're all because it's three of them right it's the three girls or is I it four so. I, but in, I in any case them, in any case it would be it would girls. be the the you know the who, whoever the studio has deemed the star, she's in the middle, and then the two of them are on the sides, and then like it would just be like spring breakers. Ac- would... Actually, Chris, the poster on IMDb DB is very close to what you're describing. I mean, it's just one of them, Bam. and she's in a bikini, but she's wearing a ski mask, 
and like an orange like hoodie and she has a pistol okay and the subtitle is wish you were here oh god like foreboding purple text (laughs) this this, the trailer made it look like hey the executives have no idea what to do with this film we don't know how to market this at all it's fun but it's dark and it's an adventure but it's gonna Turn out bad. Yeah, I, I kind of, I, I think it's going to be like awful, but I kind of want to see it. I want to see it just because weird. it has real train wreck uh, yeah. possibility. Okay, well, let's move on to some some of the films we saw. Let's uh, let's talk about Compliance, the indie uh, in, independent film that came out actually came out a little while ago, but it has just been put onto Netflix Instant Play. Um, it did come out in 2012. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Matt, did you did you want to read that blurb? Sure. When a prank caller convinces a fast food restaurant manager to interrogate an innocent young employee, no one is left unharmed, based on true events. Now, I had seen a news report about this when it happened. Yeah. The, the actual event. Uh, so when I heard about this movie, I thought, wow, that's going to make a good film because the, the actual story, like the actual news uh, story is, is pretty intense and pretty unbelievable. Going into this film, I had some pretty high expectations of what I was going to uh, experience. Before we get to that, what what did you think of, of the film? Well, it's interesting because I didn't know much about the film's backstory. I'm going to pull that up, the actual specific event that it's based on. So I, I went in pretty much blind, not even really knowing that it was based on things. And as the film progresses and situations get more ridiculous when this girl is put into more and more ridiculous things that are happening to her, I just stopped. I just stopped believing that anything like mm-hmm. this would oh, yeah. ever yeah. happen. I actually, I and actually took a note of that. If, if I didn't know this was a, uh, an actual event, I would not be buying this storyline. Yeah, I actually had to to stop and and go to my roommate who had already seen it, and I was basically like, "Dude, how 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 can you take this movie seriously? It's just ridiculous. The level of like gullibility and mm-hmm. like just yeah. the guy who plays the cop just says so many outrageous things that should raise so many red flags like, no, like nobody would actually believe he's a and cop like, and dude, yet how, how would you take this seriously and he's like it's based on true events man just gotta keep going and i i watched it and i had very mixed feelings towards the end i mean it was a well done film but the way it plays out i just didn't buy it the thing is though when I actually went then and researched these events when, when you actually read into it it happened pretty much exactly, pretty much exactly the way exactly they exactly yeah. the way it progresses in in the movie. Now, whether or not the the dialogue accurately represents what this guy was saying, what have you, I, you know, we don't know. Yeah, there's some there's some um, debate about that, but the actual events uh, of how things play out are that that's taken straight from security camera footage that was released of this guy calling into a fast food restaurant claiming to be a cop telling them to take this girl into the back and then things just get insane they, they strip search her uh and and you know basically a lot of crazy horrible things yeah. go down it's actually directly based off of the april 9th 2004 mount washington kentucky incident which took place at a mcdonald's right yeah i knew i knew they had to change the the name of the the restaurant and make up some fake restaurant for the movie. I thought it was uh, a simple film. Most of it takes place in the back room of the restaurant. Right. 
Which um, is not a McDonald's, I forget. I uh, think it's a made-up franchise. Chick, which yeah, is what they ended up calling it. I thought it was very simple but effective. Even though I kind of knew yeah. what was going to be happening, I was still finding myself very, you know, I was like, oh, there's a lot of tension in this There's a good, good atmosphere. And I thought uh, this kind of movie would do well in an independent film, mainly because, like, one of the notes I took was it had a very minimalist soundtrack, yeah. which would be for the fact that they're independent film. They don't have a lot of money to throw around for a soundtrack, but it works. There's a lot of scenes that are completely silent except for just dialogue, and it just really builds up that tension. Things that I weren't thrilled about it, I felt that the actress who played Becky, Dreama Walker, I, I the first half of the movie, when things are getting out of control i mean they're 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 strip searching her and they're making all these kind of allegations she's acting annoyed not terrified (laughs) like i you know i can only imagine placing you know well yeah like i only like me i'd be like uh yeah i'm absolutely scared shitless uh she (laughs) whereas she would just roll her eyes and look annoyed like i don't have time for this i gotta get back to work and it's no (laughs) yeah you're being asked to do some terrible, terrible things here. I, I was all right with her performance, specifically after reading kind of how this girl handled it at the time. Because um, specifically towards when things get really bad and right. she just become, you know, some really depraved stuff goes down. Right, right. She, according according to the, the you know, the, the court case and everything, when they ask the actual girl who this happened to, you know, mm-hmm. why did you... Why did you let these people do this? Why didn't you just scream or run? Because she's just in the back of a restaurant. She could have done that. Yeah, she could have right. just run out and somebody would have helped her. And her reaction was just like, it was the, you know, I thought it was the police. I was scared for my life. And it is this idea that the movie kind of hammers that like when you are faced with a higher authority and they are telling you this is what you need to do or it's against the law, you'll get in trouble. This you, is your you, duty. You just do it. Yeah. You just do it, and Without and she, and at at the very least, her performance reflects that because even at the most like when her character should just be like totally like bawling and screaming, she just kind of sits there. She's just kind of like out okay. of it. Yeah, I could she's, see that. She's just kind. She's broken, but she's also just sort of like this is this is what's happening. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is my fate. This is like a really awful, horrible situation. But I guess because she's she believes that this is what right. Yeah. This you is know, what I'm, this is what she's supposed right, to do. But she believes this is what yeah. she has to do. I just wrote down that the movie gets uncomfortable really fast. Yeah, like almost out with of the, nowhere. It just gets basically. really un. Yeah, because at, I feel at like first that's when it crosses a threshold. Yeah, for for me that that is exactly when it's it just takes it to a level of like oh god like before it was it was bad, but then when it when it crosses that line, I, I actually had trouble. There were times where I'm like. I trouble watching this this yeah. is kind of rough yeah supposedly when they uh the first screenings of this film people a lot like, of walkouts i heard walked out. or read rather yeah Which, like i don't walkouts. really resonate with I, f- I feel like if i go to see a screening of a movie i'm just gonna sit through it and then if i hate it even I've, if i think it's immoral yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll just say that i don't think i've ever walked out of a theater I I ever have uh, mainly because hey, I I paid my fourteen ninety five. Yeah. I'm watching this movie whether it's good well, or bad. Even if you don't pay for it, it's like it's an experience. Yeah, like a, a, yeah. seeing a movie that you're so, re- you know, totally revolved over and and just 
almost can't take it anymore, it's still worth sitting through that, so that you can say, yeah, I saw that movie. It was awful. And here's why it was awful. Yeah. But no, the, this movie definitely, it, it, it wasn't, I, I, I didn't want to turn it off because it was awful. I, I, I wanted to turn it off because I was really feeling uncomfortable. Yeah. And it was definitely a movie that I was glad I was watching alone and not, not with my fiance. Because <laughs> that just would have been all kinds of uncomfortable. There's um, there's also one specific part of the movie that interested me from a kind of stylistic uh, directorial standpoint. Um, kind of in the aftermath, mm-hmm. there's a really long shot of of the cop of, driving of the actual cop, like an actual yes, yeah, cop an actual police officer to the scene driving and it, down the street. It's basically him getting into his car from uh, the station, what mm-hmm. have you. And I didn't get this until until they said it in the final few minutes of the film and that you you follow him driving all the mm-hmm. way yep. to the restaurant and you're just like what is that I all thought about? I thought it was bad choice the first time I saw it like the the, the, I did the first too. I scene thought it was I thought ridiculous. This is, the, I was you're like, just this is a waste padding time. for time yeah. and then when they said uh didn't you realize that the police station is less than a quarter mile away I'm like oh that's yeah. why they showed him driving that quarter of a mile which actually makes it uh, from a shot that I think is unnecessary to like, wow, that's actually yeah, that, yeah it that totally changed that. my mind about that shot because again, when I saw it, I thought you're just padding for time. Yeah, why are you doing this? This is this is pointless. Um, and then when they mentioned, it, I'm like, oh no, this that's actually a really good shot. I don't know. All, all in all, I enjoyed it. It's definitely worth it's watching. I effective film. wouldn't be buying it. I don't think I'll be watching it again just because of how uncomfortable it made me. But it is it. It's very well done, especially considering it is independent. Most independent films, there are parts where you're really feeling that, you know, independent part. Yeah. Uh, this I didn't get that. I I really enjoyed it. It's very well done. I give it seven extremely awkward and potentially life scarring boners <laughs> out of twelve. Oh God. Yeah. I'm, For the I'm, record, I didn't have any of those. I'm proud to say. Okay. I'm proud to say. Oh boy. Well, editing this one's going to be a peach. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I give it um, seven out of ten. I don't even know. I, there's no way I can make this <laughs> I, funny. I think that's a, I think that's a good summation. I it's don't, seven I out of ten. Whatever the hell you want it to be. Yeah. So I don't even know. All right. Well, let's move on to Good Day to Die Hard. Mm. Um, now I saw this. In full IMAX glory, with I did see it in IMAX. Two other people uh, <laughs> was not a very full crowd, and for some reason, the attendant at the theater handed me 3D glasses, and I don't think the movie was in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone kept confused. I watched every like. Okay, I, I say there was two. There was actually. Six of us total, but I kept walking around, and everyone at different times would put on their glasses, take off their glasses, put them back on. Like, wait, is this wait, in three D or not? Why did they give us these? I think his bald head looks bigger, but yeah, I, I can't don't know. Tell. Okay, so I don't think any real explanation needs to go into this. It's the fifth Die Hard film. Uh, John McClane travels to Russia to help out his seemingly wayward son Jack, only discover that Jack is a CIA operative working to prevent a nuclear weapons heist causing the father and son to team up against underworld forces. Yeah. Matt, what did you think of A Good Day to Die Hard? Well, I went in knowing that it had been completely trashed uh, by the critics. So I kind of, that I feel like sometimes helps when you set your expectations back. And you're like, okay, we're not going to be taking this one seriously. Yeah. 
having said that, I actually really liked it. Um, okay. What separates it to me from the other Die Hard films is that Die Hard, the other Die Hard movies still kind of try to approach reality. Like, a, at least a little bit. Whereas this one seems this to just... One totally there's no reality. Disregarded it. This, no reality. Uh, this is this has about the same level of realism as uh, shoot 'em up <laughs> So... I went into it. Now, before I, I tell you exactly what I thought of this film, I just want to say I love the first Die Hard. I think it is oh, the yeah. it's a classic. perfect classic. action film. I think you could re- re-release that movie today. Um, and it would still be just as absolutely. It would still do just as well as it did back back then. Now that being said, I went into this with very guarded feelings. I thought hey, it's not going to be as good as the first one. There's no way that'll happen. There's no way that's possible. This movie did surprise me because it seemed to really stumble out of the gate. I'd say it does have an awkward. It, it couple, starts hard. Yeah, like um, 10, 15 minutes. John McClane flies over to Russia to see his son. Why? We're not told. <laughs> How well, does he find in, him? We're not prison, too sure. Because he's awaiting uh, a court date. Okay, yeah, okay, yeah, they that's true, out. that's right. He's, he's awaiting a court date. He just finds him and then starts a rampant property damage streak. <laughs> <laughs> he steals a truck, trashes a bunch of other cars, steals a, another truck, trashes more cars. And at this point, all he knows is that his son is on the run. He knows nothing else, and he's already stealing cars and just demolishing everything. And so I'm sitting there thinking, uh, I don't, I'm lost. I'm really lost. Did I, I, now I did not see the last Die Hard. uh, Nothing to do with this one other than the fact that you're introduced to the daughter character. See, that, that's where I was confused because I thought maybe I'm missing some of the (laughs) storyline. It definitely stumbles. On the way out, it you're, has a rough, you're a little lost. Has a rough beginning as to who's who. Although who's, I will say, during that ridiculous tank slash car chase, is when it starts finding itself. I feel, I feel <laughs> like, I feel like that's where it starts finding its legs, and it's like, okay, this is what we're gonna do. This movie, I'm okay. We're with just that. laying down the ground rules. It was one of those action films where I, I thought, okay, there's some, there's some action. I don't know why there's action. I don't know <laughs> why this is so over the top, but okay. There's action. That being said, uh, it took a little bit longer for me to, to really start to feel it. It was the scene where the guy they're rescuing or whatever, they, he meets up with his daughter. That's when the movie starts yeah. getting uh, a little bit more into it. Again, though, they're, they're, the, the action scenes were well done. Mm-hmm. There weren't too many times where I was lost in the. There, there was a couple times where but the, the bearings were a little off, and I thought, okay, what, what, who's who and what's doing, you know, but. It wasn't nearly as bad as, as, say, Bullet to the Head, where I was completely lost. Right. That being said, I did feel that the whole father-son reunion thing felt rushed and forced. Well, they, but again, yeah. I don't think that was the point of the movie at all. No. no because at, all. At, at one point, the McLeans kind of come together. They tell each other, like, hey, I got your back. You know, I, you know I'm, I, I know I wasn't there for you, but I'm there for you it's now. basically all crammed into, like, a 45-second scene. Yeah, that, and at this point I thought, like, how much time has passed in this film? A day? <laughs> like, you basically. rolled into Moscow this morning, which, <laughs> saved your son, which got also, a ton of fights, and now you're, like, which also, now, now all is forgiven? Everybody's cool? When this is played to a Russian audience and they see, hey, let's drive from Moscow to Chernobyl. <laughs> In like in, a in, matter of hours, not even a matter. Yeah, be like, okay, yeah. an afternoon. It's basically being like, "Hey, 
We got to get to California from Colorado in half an hour. Yeah, exactly. We got 45 go. minutes. Let's go across several state lines. They they took all sense of reality and just hurled that out the window yeah. right out of the gate. That being said, it wasn't terrible, in in my opinion. It, it wasn't awful, it wasn't but it terrible. wasn't great. I, I No, it's not a great film. I definitely... I, I was left wanting a little more substance. That sounds shocking from a diehard film, but it's just, you know. And there were parts where I was just kind of confused as to who was who and why they were doing what they were doing. But at the end of the day, I'd say it was an adequate film. It was not the worst action film I've seen. I don't think it deserves the... Lashing. La- oh, yeah, because critics are just going to town on this. And it's yeah. like, it's it's a diehard movie. Just let it go. Which is very let, let, it, let it be what it is. It's very perplexing when you consider that Live Free or Die Hard actually has generally pretty positive reviews. And I wouldn't say, like, if you stacked these two films next to each other and you were like, this is a great film, this is an awful film, I'd be like, really? Is there that much what's, of a difference? Yeah, what's the separation yeah. here? Did Justin Long really push <laughs> Live Free or Die Hard? No, no, Justin Long doesn't push anything he's done now if i had to rate this film i Go would on. give it i'll give it four uh helicopter uh, uh yeah helicopter mounted mini guns <laughs> there was a yeah. lot of them in this movie there, there was a decent amount of, of helicopter mounted mini guns I'd, I'd give it four out of ten i'm gonna give it i'm gonna give it 68 amount of times of bruce willis saying i'm on vacation i'm on vacation that was another thing the i'm second, on vacation the second he said i'm on vacation I'm like that's the tagline right there <laughs> that's replacing it. yippee ki motherfucker 68 i'm on vacations out of 100 because if you add those two numbers together that is the amount of times he said he it says in it that so movie. many times i'm and on he's vacation not on vacation no, that's, he's not. He's thing. Thing. That, that was, was my, my first thought. My first thought was, how are you on vacation? He's You're here there to, to save your son. son. <laughs> how at, are you on vacation? At no point was it ever established of like, oh, you know, maybe I'll see a few sites, you know, yeah. check out uh, check out those nice, tall, pointy buildings in Moscow. It's not like New York. But, uh, <laughs> no. No, you're not on he's vacation. He's there to rescue his son. Yeah, I was a little lost about that. Too. And was, then yeah. every, yeah. All right, so... Side effects. Should we how, should we do a disclaimer we, here? How do we? Well, let's let let's do a review that isn't spoiler free first, and then we will we will announce that uh, we're getting into some spoiler territory. Okay, because it's going to be really hard to give this movie its proper due without some spoilers. So. I love. Can I can I do this synopsis? Oh no, go I, to town on IMDb. It's. A really short synopsis because there's almost no way to explain. No, there's it. no way. <laughs> it's, a, it away. it's a whopping sentence. A young woman's world unravels when a drug prescribed by her psychiatrist has unexpected side effects. Side effects. That could that could mean anything. That could it literally That's make so it. It sounds vague. like a grindhouse film at yeah. this point. Like, <laughs> like ooh, 2013. Side effects. Eh? Side effects. Okay, so this is. A movie directed by Steven Soderbergh and announced as his last film. He is apparently. Uh, apparently retiring from directing. And I got to say, if that is the case, he went out with Bang. Yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed this movie. I thought it as was well made, well acted, well written. I will say that it 
goes on a lot of twists, which we won't talk about right this second. Mm-hmm. Pretty much everybody in it is great. The story progresses very well. It's a kind of movie mm-hmm. where yeah. if you don't like it at the beginning, then give it a shot because it definitely changes yeah. its pace. Oh, absolutely. And it starts out, it actually, <laughs> I actually have it written down that it, it feels like it goes through three different types of yeah, movies. Absolutely. Uh, where it starts out kind of as like a almost heavy handed expose. Yes. Or, thank or you. what have you. On, on, uh, on the drug. Mental, mental health industry. Yeah. And, the me- mental health drug industry. Yeah. I, I will say this though the only the only part of the movie that I was just like okay I don't buy it was uh, Channing Tatum as playing like an inside trader yeah, like Wall Street guy I, I have a hard time picturing him yeah, wearing a really, suit every day to work it's it's not although now but that, that being said thing, he didn't though. do a bad job no, and here's the thing if you picture it from from not just trying to envision the kind of standard view of just like a slick back, like skinny, you know, whatever svelte guy who spends all his day, whatever, just like crunching numbers and picture it more from the idea of like a lot of these guys are like the alpha male type personalities uh, okay. who were like the total, you know, Channing Tatum, like jock in high school. Right, they right. probably on all their spare time, they work on their bodies and they work on like whatever they can just to like get an upper edge. If you think about it that way, Kind of makes more sense. L- a little more sense. Because that, that's kind of the character he was going for. He had yeah. like a fancy cars, obviously. He woos uh, Rooney Mara, who plays, he's basically the female lead in this, kind of mm. sweeps her off her feet. Play, uh, plays his wife, Emily Taylor. Yeah, without going into uh, any kind of spoilers right now, but basically uh, the, the main character, em- Emily Taylor, picks up Martin Taylor, Channing, uh, Channing Tatum, uh, from prison. He had spent, I think, uh, five years or a, a number of years of time. Uh, I think in right. prison I think for for uh, insider trading um and she has a history of mental illness to i think like depression and things like that and so she goes to see a uh, new psychiatrist dr jonathan banks played by uh, jude law and he prescribes her an experimental new drug and the side effects start to Take root. Yeah, take root, start changing your life, and, and that's about as far as we can go. Um, I will say, if you haven't seen it, see it. It's it's phenomenal. I really enjoyed it. I agree. It's definitely worth seeing. I mean, if it's still in theaters when this airs, you should well definitely check it out. But, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't think it did particularly well in the box office because it wasn't heavily advertised at all. And it's a hard movie to advertise. It's a, yeah, definitely. Um, so, all right. Well, I think at this point uh, we're going to get into some spoiler territory. So, if you have You're seen the film, the spoiler zone. The spoiler zone. This movie is most certainly not an expose on no. the prescription drug industry. It starts out that way and then quickly becomes a detective story. Yeah. When Jude Law's character, uh, well, basically, what ends up happening. Is, well, um, for for a little bit, it almost becomes a courtroom drama. Yes, that okay, that is true. Uh, let's but, get to the let's get to the big sort of like big, game changer in the film. Yeah, the, the the first time when I stood up or not stood up, but sat up in my chair and went, "What the hell just happened?" <laughs> Rooney Mara's character in a side effect driven haze. She's sleepwalking. That or you're so led to believe, led to believe stabs and kills uh, Channing Tatum's character, her husband. And then it becomes like, yeah, it becomes like you said, a, a courtroom drama where it starts talking about 
who's responsible for what and, right. and wh- where does the doctor's responsibility end in all this and right. Jude Law's life is kind of turned upside down because he's he's losing business and nobody wants to work with him anymore and that's when it becomes a detective story because yeah. he's he's on the case trying to figure out well did this actually happen or is she Yeah, what initially tips him off? He was looking at stock of the drug that she was on and saw that if you knew that she was going to stab her husband, the stock would plummet and you could make a lot of money. Right. And that tipped him off. Part of the brilliance of the film is it at that point I'm like, you're crazy. And and, and, right. and you're and led do... to believe that this is just him being paranoid. And... Right. Because he is very paranoid. At oh, this absolutely. Point. At this point he's a wreck. But then he starts uncovering more and more legit evidence. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And again, through, throughout this whole section of the film, the kind of the middle of the section of the film, I'm thinking, man, did, wrote down out of nowhere detective story. This is really kind of interesting how it, how it kind of progresses. Mm-hmm. And and like you said earlier, the, the, this film kind of gives you the storyline, uh, you know, piecemeal. It starts out okay. Here, here's 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 what you need to know now. Okay, now here's a little bit more that you need to know. And and it's 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 very evenly yeah paced out where it really holds your interest. The whole well, time, and it never gives you, it never gives you the answer until until the very until end. The very end, yeah. basically. So he, yeah, he starts piecing together that that she is actually faking all of this and is working with her old therapist, Catherine Zeta Jones. Yeah, played by Catherine Zeta Jones, and they have a a scam going on that they're just going to make a ton of money faking this whole thing on the stock market. Find out they're lesbian lovers, BT dubs. Yep, yep. And at that point, the movie becomes a standard Soderbergh conflict <laughs> where he goes back and kind of shows you how it was all done. Yeah. Because the whole time I'm thinking, this movie is very unlike most of Soderbergh's Absolutely. work. The it, first half hour, or even 45 minutes. I, yeah, I'd say, I'd say, I'd say look, because the movie itself is two hours, right? It's about two hours, I think. Not quite. It's um, uh, 106 minutes. Okay. Um, so yeah, like the, for the first half hour, 45 minutes, I'm thinking this is, this is very strange that he chooses to go out like this, right? um, doing something that feels completely different from the rest of his work. And then by the end, I'm like, oh no, this is exactly yeah, what, what we've come to love and respect <laughs> from Soberg. And I'm okay with it. I'm thinking, oh, absolutely. It's, it's, it's the, like I said before, if this is how he chooses to go out, fantastic. It, it still could have been. A good movie in its own right had it followed the path of that sort of introductory phase of just sort of talking about like, oh, are these drugs really safe? Is it good that we're just relying so much? Blah, 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 blah. Right, right. It could have still made an interesting movie much better when it becomes oh, absolutely. Jude Law trying to figure shit out. So Absolutely. And I, I felt like it, if the movie, because I, I usually don't, read too much into stuff like this but if the movie did have anything to say or get people to start thinking about drug industry and stuff like that i felt that it said just enough that people would okay yeah we'll think about that and then, okay well you think about that later you're gonna think yeah. about this now <laughs> but not too much that you're like oh i don't want to have to make decisions about this now yeah i just want to yeah. watch a movie yeah you're exactly like, well you're in luck my friend yeah because for the next I'm 45 minutes we're talking about <laughs> a detective story and then after that it's a con film yeah uh, <laughs> you're welcome uh jude law in this i've always liked jude law i think he's outstanding in this movie. oh yeah yeah um 
not that his character is particularly like anything crazy. I mean, he's basically just a a really skilled uh, psychiatrist who finds himself in a very tough situation and becomes very resourceful. But he just does it. I don't know. I felt like it was probably my favorite movie that I've ever seen him in. Wow, that's a bold statement. I um, I definitely uh, enjoyed his. I definitely enjoyed him in this film. Scratch that. I definitely still like him more as the assassin in uh, Road to Perdition. Still yeah. Like okay. Yeah, I was gonna say that's because that's a fairly badass role. Yeah, that's that's an amazing role. My favorite Jude Law performance is when I saw him play Hamlet on Broadway. Eat it! Booyah! You got me there, bro. Parker once again wins. How does he have the life of a rock star and yet still hangs out with us? It's I don't crazy. know. With, um, among us peasants. <laughs> well, that's why we had to us use the service entrance when we came into his house today. <laughs> no, I, but I, yeah, I, I really enjoyed Jude Law on this. I thought it was uh, his performance was well, well done. But yeah, if Rooney Mara was also very good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you don't know what she's from. That would be she um, the girl, girl with the dragon tattoo. Girl with the dragon tattoo. The American version, of yes, course. Yes, yes. The David uh, Fincher. Also, at the beginning, uh, she plays Jesse Eisenberg's girlfriend in the Social Network. Ah, okay. she also appears at the end. Not too much else. Yeah, she hadn't done a whole lot. No. else, you know, noteworthy. Which is odd because she has a bit of a a face and a presence that when you see her in this movie, you're like, oh yeah, that girl. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. But then you realize, like, I've seen her in kind of, like, one thing yeah, before. Yeah, so. exactly. But, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of twists, a lot of turns, a lot of, a lot of parts where I'm, I'm, I'm confused, but in a good way. Like, I can, like I'm confused because I'm trying to figure out what's going on with the characters, mm-hmm. not confused in spite of the characters. I feel like it's among Soderbergh's best movies in, in my eyes because I could see that, yeah. His best movies are not my my favorite films ever. They'd never sneak their mm-hmm. way into like my top twenty, what have you. But at the same time, they're movies that like when I if I would try to find things that I don't like about it, you'd have a hard time. I'm with very it? troubled because yeah. I'm like the whole thing was really good. It was just a very well done movie. There was a couple um, just from like camera perspective there was a couple shots that i uh was really impressed with specifically because they were very anti Soderbergh. they weren't normally what he would do there was specifically one shot where rooney mara is talking and the camera starts on her left side okay and then very 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 slowly through the course of her monologue goes over to her right side but it's so slow that you don't i didn't really notice it until i was your head on Right, and I'm like, wow, that's very different from his normal, you know, shot. Just repertoire. looking here to see if they have a cinematographer credit. Yeah, I looked at looked up his cinematographer, and I probably forgot. Uh Steven Soderbergh. So there you go. No surprise there. Yeah, he well, just, he. I, I know. I know. In a lot of his other films, he does he his own cinematography. Shook, he just shook stuff up. Um, Original music by Thomas Newman. We were just talking about uh, Road to Perdition. Good lesser famed composer, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Music was really good. Yeah. All, all in all, I'd say it was a, a solid film. Uh, and like I said, if, if this is what he chooses to go out on, uh, I, yeah, I, it's very good. Very well done. It's so. kind of a shame that I feel like it's not getting much notoriety. Hopefully yeah, uh, that's. Strong... 
appearance on Blu-ray and everything. Oh, uh, hopefully. It definitely... I mean, how do you market this kind it's of film? It's true. It's true, because... If you give away the true nature of the film, it almost ruins it. Not that it's a, uh, similar in storyline at all, but it's the same problem they ran into last year with Cabin in the Woods. Oh, yeah. Whereas, how do you market that? And, there, and, oh, yeah. and that, that was a film that didn't do very well in I theater. Like I mean, it, it did made, okay. It made its money back, I think, in theaters. Um, and then exploded on Blu-ray. Because by that time, everybody... Yeah. Word of mouth yeah. It out. I think this is another movie where we're going to see that not not to that extent, obviously, being a completely different type of film. But uh, I, I think that it will get some more recognition in the home theater market. So That's actually a good. Well, I guess first we should. I'll do my I'll do my rating. OK, I give it 17 and a half drugs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> seventeen and a half drugs. Uh, I can't remember what awesome. the what was the drug's name that she took. Oh, yeah, they, they listed so many I couldn't remember. There was it sounded legit. I give it seventeen and a half um, sleepwalk stabbings of Channing Tatum out of, oh, out of twenty. Very good. I I give it four out of five Channing Tatum squints because he likes to squint. It seems the guy can't seem to open his freaking eyes. He kind of has a low brow. I feel like. <laughs> He's not a lowbrow actor, but he has a lowbrow. No, definitely worth seeing. It's a good kind of, uh, if we want to talk about it for a little bit, good thing to end on is, do you think, especially in the past couple years with Blu-ray and Netflix and all the other media, mediums, media, of, of viewing film, do you think that the box office has really sort of lost its precedence? Oh, absolutely. The theater system is dying. Yeah. Especially with how people watch movies nowadays, mm-hmm. it's very annoying to go to a movie theater and you'll have people looking stuff up on their cell phones, talking to each other a lot, because we're used to viewing media at home in our living right. rooms where that's acceptable and no problem. I actually have a hard time when I'm watching a movie at home. What I try to do is turn off my phone and put it in my desk drawer, which is in another room. So I'm not constantly just like, oh, I'm going to check up that because what will happen is i'll watch a movie and go all right who 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 did the cinematography for that i gotta look that up oh i recognize that that actor i gotta look yeah. that up and, it, and then it, it takes away from the film but that being said a lot of people seem to really do that a lot at the theater combine that with the fact that nowadays for relatively cheap i mean relatively cheap you can have a big screen tv you can have a surround sound, you know, theater system, right? Uh, and with the quality that Blu-ray is putting out, you're talking right. I mean, the home theater used to be something that was sort of for the wealthy. Yeah, yeah. Pictured you, with you, you have had to, to basically build a room in your house, and then that room is geared towards just expensive equipment. Right, and nowadays, right. it's like, you know, any middle-class family can have a decent home theater. Exactly, yeah. So, no, I do think combine that with prices that theaters are, because every theater I know has gone up in price. And and I think that is specifically why we're seeing so many movies shot and designed in 3D nowadays. Right. Because they're trying to give the, the, the theater system is trying to give us the public something that we can't get at home 
and I don't think it's working. I don't think people are buying into well, I, it. Well, I think it worked for a while, but it's starting to lose its luster. I think less people are really paying. I mean, you you don't see too many films being released now with 3D in the title as much. That was a thing. That was a as, real big thing. It was for a thing a while. as much as uh, you know, as soon as like maybe a year ago, that was a very prominent thing. But you're really starting to see that less, even with children's movies. Yeah, and yeah. and let's face it. I mean. Even the idea that you can only go to a movie theater and see something in 3D, that's not even true either. There's, that is true. You know, I mean, there's 3D like TVs. Like a third of the Blu-ray players released now are 3D compatible and what right, have right. you. Not that I would ever buy one, but it, it's out there if you want that. So I, I, I think it's an issue that technology is moving, as technology does, really fast. Mm-hmm. And Hollywood hasn't figured out how to cope with it yet. So yeah, I, th- I think the theater system is dying. I don't think it'll ever die out completely no. but i think it's going to become more uh like i I, th- I don't think people are going to be building giant multiplexes anymore i think we're we're going to see well, more... you don't really need to no i i think we're going to see it become more of a niche where people like you know me and you really love going to movie theaters we're going to go and then the average movie consumer is going to go to like one or two big movies a year yeah because yeah. Let, let's face it I, I i agree i think you know there's no doubt that at least for our lifetime and probably the life, you know, generation after, I think there will always be a call to go out and see a movie because I think it's such an ingrained part of our, our, you know, social culture is just the idea of like, here's this big event because the biggest movies are events. They aren't just things that you go and see, but they're things that you go and do with people. Right. Yeah. Um, So I think that's always going to be a thing. Now, in my opinion, I, I think, you're right. There's not going to be these big multiplexes being built anymore. But I think eventually it's it's going to become like I think IMAX is eventually going to become the standard because, yes, it's more expensive per screen, per system, but you can fit so many more people in. And the idea of IMAX, again, is a huge separating factor from it, it's so much grander and larger right, than the yeah. home theater. Exactly. Whereas, you know, home theaters now, it honestly just feels like a, for a nice home theater, if you have a big enough screen or, you know, even if you have a projector or something like that, it honestly almost feels like this is just a, a slightly smaller version of going to see a movie. Right, right. I think, yeah, I think that will keep people going is, is the event aspect of it. Also, kind of the, the shared experience sometimes when you see a film in theater, it, it, you get a lot different of an experience compared to seeing it at home when we went to see uh cabin in the woods that was the most fun i had had in a theater that being said i don't get that experience very often right. in theaters because people are used to being able to just you know break out the cell phone talk not to be immersed friend, in the, the situation yeah, and not and not yeah get into the film so yeah well that's all we have for you this week on end of the critic once again my name is chris clump thanks for listening uh with me was uh, Matt Schaefer. See y'all. And thank you, uh, Parker, for producing. Okay. <laughs> I'd like to thank uh, Bobby Fatboy Roberts for the use of our theme songs off the Geek Remix albums. You can find them at geekremix.com. Uh, and until next time, thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs>